Good News Ministries of GNM.org presents Footsteps to Heaven. Life's a journey full of challenges. Sometimes we get stalled. Sometimes we get sidetracked. When we walk with Jesus in the power of the Holy Spirit to the destination that God the Father designed for us, the results are better than we could ask for or imagine. And now, here is your host, Terry Modica. Let me ask you a question. Doesn't it seem like there's an awful lot of people in our world today who have no faith, no interest in religion, no interest in Catholicism, no interest in Jesus Christ, regardless of how they were raised? Many were raised without faith. They came from families who did not go to church. But a lot of them, even who have gone to church as children and who had good faith lives, maybe they were involved, you know, as altar servers or, you know, they had good faith lives and now they don't. Our world has snagged them and we're worried about them, right? Can you imagine how God the Father feels about them? If you're a parent of a grown child who has left the faith, you can more readily imagine how God the Father feels about any of his children all around the world who are rejecting Jesus Christ, the Son who God the Father sent to save everyone from their sins so that they could join God the Father for eternity in heaven. But as much as we think we can imagine it, no, God is infinitely greater than us. And so his concern, his feelings, if you will, his desire to see the conversion of those who are faithless, those who are rejecting him, those who would cho- are choosing the ways of the world and really don't want to bother even with learning about the faith. Or they are staying deliberately away from the church. And if you bring up the topic Anything faith-based, anything morality-based that goes against the ways of the world, they run from it, right? Imagine how God the Father feels. And it's a lot more than that. God cares a lot more than that. So he never gives up. He never abandons anyone until the point of death. If they continue to choose against him, if they continue to reject Jesus Christ, you know, I believe that everybody gets a chance to see things clearly, unveiled, the, the, the ways of the world, the, the demonic lies that have been covering up the truth, it's all lifted at the moment of death. And of course, now we pray for our loved ones and other people, politicians even, you know, for them to, to have a conversion before they die long before they die. But worst case scenario, even at the moment of death, God the Father is still very much caring about them. There is a battle that goes on at the moment of death. And our prayers now that we do make a difference for even then. I've experienced that myself. Praying for somebody who was very caught up in the liberalism, the moral relativism of our society, and very rebellious against what scripture says, and very rebellious, wouldn't even let me talk about, 
you know, the, my faith and try to explain why I believe what I believe, you know, without even pushing it on them, but just let me talk about why I believe what I believe and maybe you get curious, you know. We should have the freedom to do that, right? But he didn't want anything to do with that. So yeah, I was faced with a lot of rejection, but what hurt more was knowing how he was endangering his soul. You know what I'm talking about. When he died, the Lord gave me a gift that reassured me beyond every doubt that that battle at the moment of his death was won. These, it was a strong sign. I'm not going to go into that story right now because it will take too much time. I have something else I want to share with you right now. Just take my word. Just trust me. It was a powerful experience and I have no doubt, no doubt whatsoever that this person is, I think, in purgatory and maybe for a long time because purgatory is where we, we have to deal with all the baggage we carried up to the moment of our death. But nonetheless, he's with Jesus in eternity. I want to share with you where some of my confidence in this comes from because I'd like to impart this confidence to you. Let's look at the scripture. This is from, I'd like to read from Hebrews chapter 4 verses 12 through 16. This scripture says, the word of God is living and effective. The word of God. Every word that you speak from the word of God, even paraphrased into your own particular circumstances and the, the situation that you're addressing when you're talking to somebody. The word of God is living and effective. Living. Living. It's not death-oriented. Sharper than any two-edged sword. Now keep that word sword in mind. I have favorite St. Michael statue, and I love how he's holding that sword. He's like in a relaxed position. It's like, I got this. The word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating even between soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and able to discern reflections and thoughts of the heart. No creature is concealed from him. But it goes a little bit further than that. Remember, we're also talking about a two-edged sword. Keep that in mind. No creature is concealed from him, but everything is naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must render an account. At the moment of our death, we have to render that account. Okay, that two-edged sword. Scripture elsewhere, in multiple places, refers to the sword of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit, think about that. The Holy Spirit, St. Michael there is wielding the sword of the Spirit. St. Michael is wielding the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Truth. It is the truth that, as Hebrews says, it is the bare truth, the unchangeable truth that uh, is able to discern reflections and thoughts of the heart Everything is naked and exposed to him. The truth is exposed from within. What the, the truth is what's been going on in a person's life is exposed to Jesus at the moment of death. At any moment of reckoning, really. It can be a conversion moment in the middle of a lifetime. But in that moment of reckoning, what's inside the person is totally exposed to Jesus. And the person knows it. Jesus already knows it. 
but now the person knows it too. Remember, the word of God is living and effective, sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating even between soul and spirit, joints and marrow. So when you, my friend, speak the truth, you are wielding the Holy Spirit himself, who is the truth. You are sharing straight from the heart of Jesus, the Holy Spirit, with that person's heart. And someday, if that person has any goodness in him, and where does goodness come from? It comes from God himself. If that person wants to spend eternity with Jesus when he or she realizes the truth about Jesus, if that person were to think of anybody you want to think of who you personally know and you've been praying for, if the veil were lifted, all the lies and deceits, all the trickery of the world and the lies of demons, if that was all lifted from them and they had a, a moment of aha and see everything clearly, that's the Holy Spirit. The only thing they see then is the Holy Spirit, the truth. Would that person, imagine that person, with nothing on their mind, nothing in their vision, nothing in their field of vision, but the Holy Spirit and the truth. And Jesus Christ presenting it to them, wielding the Spirit as a sword, a two-edged sword. Would that person want to spend eternity with Jesus? That's what the Holy Spirit does. That's what the sword of the Spirit does. That's what happens at the moment of death. And hopefully... It happens on another day of reckoning that's some kind of a conversion experience, an awakening. And by the way, in my book, 30 Days to the Father's Heart, on day number 25, which is a chapter entitled, Saints and Mystics Reveal the Father's Heart. Okay, there I wrote this. The heart of the Father is breaking. It grieves him to see so many of his precious children fall into Satan's hands. He cherishes even the worst evildoers more than we can imagine. Abba Father has been reaching out to them in countless ways, and he's not going to stop doing that until the final moment of their final choice. I'm going to share something that St. Alphonsus Liguori said, but before that, let me share something from the book of Job, some wisdom from the book of Job. God is mighty but despises no one, no one. He is mighty and firm in his purpose. That's from Job chapter 36, verse 5. Now I want to skip to verse 8. This will be verses 8 through 12 that I read now. But if people are bound in chains, like these people that you've been praying for, like we've been talking about, if people are bound in chains, held fast by cords of affliction, he tells them what they have done that they have sinned arrogantly. He makes them listen to correction and commands them to repent of their evil. If they obey and serve him, which is, if it's sometime in their lifetime, not at the moment of death, if they obey and serve him, they will spend the rest of their days in prosperity. And let's think of spiritual prosperity especially. And their years in contentment. And let's just put a little insert into here is what we've been talking about. If they choose 
if this happens at the moment of death, if they choose that, yes, I want to spend eternity with this Jesus Christ, you know, with this Abba Father God who has been calling out to me all this time. If they say, yes, this is what I want, then they will spend eternity in prosperity and commitment. But of course, they'll have to go through the purging that they could have done when they were on earth to get rid of everything that had that they had clung to that wasn't of God. And that's going to be a painful experience for them. But they're going to be glad to do it because they know what they're going to get by getting rid of all that. They know who they are going to spend eternity with because the veil has been lifted. And verse 12 says, If they do not listen, they will perish by the sword and die without knowledge. Okay, the sword. Did you catch that? If they turn God down at the moment of awakening, they will perish by the sword. The sword is what? The Holy Spirit. The truth. The spirit of truth is the truth. The truth is not a thing. It's not a concept. It is God himself. It is a person that we call the Holy Spirit. If a person totally rejects the truth when it is clear to them, they will perish by that truth because that's what they will be freely choosing to do. Now, listen to St. Alphonsus Liguri. When the soul enters the kingdom of the blessed and the barrier which hinders its sight is taken away. Okay, so let's, let's also adapt this to what we're talking about. We could just as true to say when the soul enters the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of the blessed, he said, but we're talking about the kingdom of heaven, right? And let's talk about it being as when they reach the door to it. The barrier which hinders its sight, the soul's sight, is taken away. It, the, the person's soul, it will see openly and without a veil. It will see the infinite beauty of God. And this will be the joy of the blessed. Every object that the soul then will see in God himself will overwhelm it with delight. And St. Alphonsus goes on, it will see the rectitude of his judgments, the harmony of his regulations for every soul, all ordained to his divine glory and its own good. The soul will especially perceive, in respect to itself, the boundless love which God has entertained towards it in becoming a man and sacrificing his life upon the cross through love of it. The soul will especially perceive, in respect to itself, the cost of salvation, the boundless love which God has entertained towards it in becoming man and sacrificing his life upon the cross through love of it, it means the person's soul. Then will it know what an excess of goodness, excess, excess of goodness, is comprehended in the mystery of the cross, in the sight of a God become a servant and dying condemned upon an infamous tree. And in the mystery of the Eucharist, in the sight of a God beneath the species of bread and made the food of his creatures. This is beautiful. I'm just going to continue reading a little bit more, but this 
this quote by St. Alphonsus de Liguori is in my book, 30 Days to the Father's Heart. He continues, in particular, the soul will per perceive all the graces and favors shown to it, which until then had been hidden. See, at the moment of the veil being cleared away, each person is going to see his life is going to, all his history, his whole life is going to flash before his eyes, as, as the saying goes. And in that flashing, what he sees before his eyes is going to be everything that God has done. Not only all the sins that he has committed, but all the things God has done to redeem him from those sins. It will see all the mercies he has bestowed on it in waiting for it, waiting for the soul's return and pardoning its ingratitude, forgiving the, the person's lack of gratefulness to Jesus dying on the cross. It will see the many calls, all the times God has called out to him, and lights and aids that have been granted to it in abundance. It will see that these tribulations, these infirmities, all the sufferings of his life, all the hardships, these losses of property or of kindred, kindred meaning family, friends, which it had counted as punishments, were not really punishments, but loving arrangements of God for drawing it to the perfect love for him. That person whom you've been praying for will realize that God has, no matter what bad stuff has happened, God has been there for him and has been turning, or trying to turn, waiting for the yes to let him turn the bad into good. Everything, God has been trying to use it to turn the person's face towards Christ, to make them call out for help. So let me assure you of something. The people who you've been worried about regarding their salvation, if they know where you stand, then they know that when they want out from their troubles, they can come to you for help to find out how to turn to Jesus. But we push people away from Christ when we push them away from the truth by beating them over the head with it, so to speak. So relax. Let God take care of them. Be available to them. And if they're rejecting you and don't want to recognize that you're available to them, relax. God is taking care of that too. You've asked him to, right? Okay. So, God cares. God cares and is constantly beckoning them. Constantly offering a way out of their troubles. And hear this. When we rescue them from their troubles without letting Jesus have a chance to do something first, when we rescue them, bail them out, what do they learn? Do they learn Jesus from us or do they learn that, hey, this isn't so bad after all, I can continue in this way? As hard as it is to let go and entrust them to God and keep hands off, in today's world, that's really the most effective way 
to evangelize somebody who has gotten themselves into quite a mess because they're believing Satan's lies. Now, we all have conversion stories. Think about when you had a powerful conversion. When you were more tied up in the ways of the world than you are now. What turned you towards Christ? What hardship turned you towards Christ? Keep that in mind. Write it down even. Tell the story on, a, on paper or on your phone, your tablet. Write it down so that, one, you can remember that just as you needed to go through hardships to turn to Christ, so do those other people that you've been praying for. And two, when they come to you for advice and they show an openness, maybe they'll ask you to pray for them or something, but if they give any sign of an openness to hearing your story, you can share your story about how lousy things got and why you turned to Jesus. That's a powerful story. That is your two-edged sharp sword. You don't need to quote scriptures at them. Share your story. People listen to stories while they're rejecting scriptures. You carry a two-edged sword just like St. Michael does. It's the truth. The truth of what happened to you that turned you towards Christ. I'm going to pray for you now to be that sword carrier. Okay, let's pray in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come Holy Spirit. I ask you, Holy Spirit, to impart your sword upon each person listening to this podcast. Teach them, Holy Spirit, how to wield that sword in a way that cuts between bone and marrow, that cuts to the heart of the matter without hurting the person in such a way that they run from the truth. Help us to be your victors, Lord Christ, Lord Jesus Christ. Help us to follow you in bearing that sword. St. Michael the Archangel, help us to wield the swords that have been given to us by Jesus Christ, the sword of the Spirit. Amen. You've been listening to Terry Modica of Good News Ministries. For more faith builders or to learn more about this ministry, come visit our website at gnm.org. You'll find online resources and lots more to help you know the Father's love and grow closer to Christ and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Visit gnm.org today.